0: everyone. Welcome to episode 301 of This Is Whole Life. This week, we are talking about no barriers because we have two special guests. One who has been on the podcast. I'm going to say one, two. I'm going to say this is number four. She's very lovely. She's a great conversationalist. Um, She lives at my house. It's my wife, Heather. Welcome, Heather. Hi. And this is at least number two with Carla. And um, Carla is our young adults. team. No, no, no. That's no, no, no. no, not young ad- a- Oh, no. Our oh, youth. Did I do that? I just Carla did. With with the- Carla with a C. Carla with the C. Wrong one. Are you- Please, someone help me out. Bail me out. Finn. I just did. She's, she's a teen. teen. I, d- I did. Did you? Youth. Youth. Was I not youth? youth. youth. Not young adult. Youth. Isn't youth. that what I said? No. I said young adult, you didn't did. I? I totally meant youth. I have a youth who is under Carla and who enjoys Carla's company and her activities at the church. So I do know this to be fact. So obviously I was not thinking clearly. <laughs> but this week we came into a subject, and I'll be honest, I was really wondering if we were going to find ourselves in, I don't know what the word, but like overload. It's been been—it's been kind of heavy. A couple of weeks ago, Bernie and I sat down after his message, which, was amazing, but a lot to process, lots of things. And all through Black History Month, we've been challenged. And then we're following up Black History Month. It was uh, Dana Edmonds. We did the podcast last week with the the conferences, the regional conferences, and an amazing message. If you didn't catch that yet, please do. And then I'm like, are we going to be like the next thing that people are like, oh, no, oh, no. There's another group of people that people are upset about or that people are need help or that we're going to champion. And uh, maybe we're just tired. Maybe we have uh, fatigue, uh, like uh, empathy fatigue. Maybe that's a good one. And so it, it it made me a little bit nervous until we started the program. And then everything calmed down. And then Carla made it to the stage and was giving a left-handed sermon.
1: Left-handed, <laughs> and
0: everything then came into
1: focus. It did, didn't it? And
0: so, you know, right now, shout out to all the lefties out there. Two Around. of my favorite lefties: Alan and Tom, and Carmen. Couple, uh, you know, Ken here across the table, and Carla. Left-handed people, so shout out to the lefties. i I know some really, really amazing people. Yeah, you do in my life that that are yeah. left-handed. And we were really breaking down what it means for us to, as we love people into a lifelong friendship with God, and to really understand what that means and how we most authentically provide equal access in all areas of church, life, and ministry. I love how the opening sentence or the, excuse me, the closing sentence of this week's message paragraph laid that out. And Carla went to a place in her message, which I was like, genius. I didn't know ahead of time. Hmm. But like all the parts of the body are are a necessity. One's not more important than the other. You know, what good is an eye if it can't smell? No, that's not that's a that's the Randy paraphrase. So don't really mark that down because that's not true at all. But it's it's in there sort of like that. But Carla, in your message, you broke down three things that we kind of as a no barriers committee feel or at the base of providing this atmosphere that just really allows everyone to thrive at whole life. And it was love inclusion and belonging in that order. But if we love people into a lifelong friendship with God, aren't those three a given? Why did you, why did you break it down into those three?
2: I think that it's love is just an easy thing to put out there, but I don't think we always take the time to think about the different steps. We have to take to love someone. Mm. And so, um, people come to our church, they feel accepted, they feel included, but they don't feel like they belong. So what is that extra step that we can take to make sure that people do feel like they belong here? Mm -hmm. It's kind of what I was
3: going for. I like that. It was good.
0: Well, you made in some reference that like, if you don't belong, then the first two really—I mean, can there be love if you don't belong? And are you included— Or do you feel like you're included? If you don't feel like you belong, there's no way really those other two can work. But I heard someone say, isn't inclusion the same as participation? Isn't that the same thing?
1: I think that inclusion and participation can have things in common. But I would Hmm. say that they're two different things. I think inclusion is more on... um. I, I would say that participation is more on me. Inclusion is more on you. Participation is more on me. Inclusion is more on you.
0: Oh, okay. So it took when me it comes, minute, to, right? when sorry, it, sorry. When, we'll so when yeah. it
1: comes to inclusion, I would say that inclusion is the responsibility of the other, the the person um, of another person to do. It's my job to make sure that. Um, we're finding ways to include or to, to um, have inclusion for different people. Um, on the other hand, participation tends to be more, it's my job to go out and participate myself. I can invite other people to come participate, but it's more on me to go and participate. And so that's, to me, one of the, the differences that I, in the way I would define it.
3: When I think of inclusion versus participation, I think of inclusion as um, people organizations are providing a way that anybody with any ability can participate.
1: And I think it's also, uh, you know, within the within the realm that we're speaking in right now, the inclusion is a pretty important word um, because for years and years when it came to uh, special needs communities, uh, they were pulled out. They were pulled out and mm-hmm. put into a separate classroom, into a separate group of yeah. people. And they were saying it was basically, hey, you're blind. Hang out with other blind people. Hey, you're deaf. Hang out with other deaf people. Hey, you're whatever it is. Go be over here. Be over there, yeah. And what we've what I've my research is has kind of come to the conclusion of, and I'm grateful to be married to an educator who educates me. <laughs> but basically, education and life happens better when you don't do that. When you actually take a person, and rather than saying, "Well, you're different, so go be around people that are different like you," instead you say. Yeah, you're different. That's okay. We're going to figure out how to make it work with your differences in the group that we're in instead of saying, well, you just go go somewhere else and and play with a different group of people or a different set of toys. And it's like that would be like at whole life if we said, "Hey, we're we're really only a church for people who don't have any physical disabilities." And if you have a physical disability, then there sh- you should go ahead and start your own church. For that, that would be terrible. that would That would not be who we are. It wouldn't be the spirit of what we do. Instead, we say, "Okay, if you're hearing impaired, how can we help you here yeah. in in our services? If if your mobility is is challenged in one way or another, what barriers can we get out of the way to helping you with that? And, and these are things. Usually, it's like uh, like Carla said when we were talking at the very beginning of her sermon about being left-handed. Most people we live in a right-handed world and most people really have no idea the different things that as a left-handed person I've gone through in my life and I'm not and believe me it's like the worst this the least of problems that you could have but you know I just i remember that I would always smudge the life out of my handwriting papers and I get my I get my I get my grade docked in handwriting in elementary school because my papers were smudged well my right-handed Classmates didn't have that same problem. They never got their uh, their their scores marked down because they're not dragging their hand across their paper because of the way that writing's set up. Right. Yeah. And so the and that doesn't and and a teacher wouldn't necessarily think about that if they're right-handed. They would they would they would just like oh he was being careless and look at what happened. Inclusion says that the teacher would go oh Ken's left-handed. Let's go ahead and and. Either a have some grace here, or b let's go ahead and see if there's some ways around this, some ways to teach him how to to not make that happen. And and I think that's a it's it's important for us to understand we don't always know what other people are going through, and that doesn't make us a bad person until, like Carla said, that's right, right yeah, the, the, which. By the way, that's the quote that my wife went home with and just loved um Carlos she it was the Maya Angelou, right and you want to say it because i'm i'll I'll butcher it if I do it
2: um do the best you can until you know better and then once you know better do better
1: yeah mm. yeah beautiful quote and that's and that's kind of the point I think that we're trying to make at church it's not that if you don't know something you don't know it you don't know to do better you don't I mean.
0: You what is know. better if you don't? You don't even know. know.
1: I mean, you don't know yeah. that you don't know what it's like to to try to do handwriting left handed. If you're right handed, that's okay. I, you know, it hurts. But once you know, what can we do? I can't. It doesn't hurt to write left handed. It like, hurts tim- to write tim- right handed. <laughs> you know. I know, right? But the point is, the point is, if you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. But the question is, are you looking to find out what somebody else is going through? Are you interested in another human being's experience that may not be like yours? Yeah. I like
0: what everything I heard from all three of you was basically what we're talking about here is like empathetic teamwork, like just being aware of the fact that we aren't the same and that small differences, even just like as simple as the smudging of the paper from a left handed student is enough to at least make somebody go, "Man, that's not fair. Like, why am I why am I the person getting you know picked on just because this is how I write and this is who I am? And so the teamwork with the church and just like people being open to the idea of, yeah, we're all different. Let's do this together. That that was – I like that a lot because if you miss the inclusion and participation piece of it, I feel like a lot of people are lost right there. Like I don't understand – well, if, if you're participating, you're included. So what are we arguing about or, or what is there to, to maybe go further into? And then a question came through that I thought was interesting. What is the church's role in providing support for families and individuals with disabilities? I know our panel answered that question, but I wanted to break it apart a little bit further in that is, what's the role maybe together? Because I think if you just assume it's a church problem that they're not providing something, I'm not sure that that's the, the total question to ask. And yet, as a family with Someone with special needs. There is oftentimes a feeling of I can't do one more thing. I literally can't do one more thing this week, <laughs> or like everything in the in the universe that I know that I am balancing on, in all these plates. Um, it's just it's it's going to crash. It's going to fall, and so I think that's the part that maybe we don't. And it's really hard to communicate. So I know this is a difficult question, but it's really hard to to try to convey that to someone like you don't know what you don't know. And we're not asking you to uh, feel something that it's impossible for you to feel if it's not your situation. But I feel like there's, there's got to be some kind of way we can help people understand that it's not an expectation necessarily. It's just a when, when you feel somebody come alongside of you, it's a great feeling. And so how do we find more of the how do we find those relationships maybe that benefit the person that figures out, man, they really do struggle with whatever it is in that situation. And then the other person says, wow, someone someone listened to me and then they actually did something that made even if it's just my day. Sometimes I'm telling you, if you make somebody's day better, that's struggling like that. That's a huge thing. So what, what do you think? Am I totally crazy, or how do we how do we explain this maybe better than I'm doing?
3: Well, I think I think you're asking two things. You're asking if we're calling people and we're bringing awareness to people about what's you know other people with uh, disabilities in our church. You're asking, does everybody have to do this? Right? Does everybody have to come alongside of us? Are are we expected the expectation that everybody needs to get on board with this? right? And everybody needs to help. And I think that's not the expectation. The expectation is we are opening the door for people to walk through who feel compelled to do that. There's people at our church, our church is really amazing, that have come alongside of us and just accepted Emily and accepted us. And every week going, it's okay, we're so glad you're here. And that's all they have said. And it has been a place of welcoming and love um, so I think we're just kind of trying to let people know that we're here, it's okay, and we want to be that community to other people that are not coming to church because they don't feel that, and they've never felt that anywhere else.
1: And it's a part of our theme this year, Arise. Um, yeah. It's part of, to me, this year is, is kind of a, an awareness year. It's like, hey, these are some of the things that we're doing here at Whole Life. These are some of the things that are going on. Are you called to do every single one of them? No way. Right. I'm not called to do every single one of them, <laughs> um, much to some people's consternation, I'm sure. But the point is, is that we all have our passion areas and mm-hmm. things that, that. and what we're trying to do is expose the church to a lot of different opportunities and things that are going on. And if that you hear God's call on you for that thing, listen to God's call. And if you don't think, think well, I'm glad somebody else uh, had an opportunity to hear something that maybe was useful and, and i suspect that anybody who came to church this week walked away learning something sure you know, maybe yeah. it's not that they're going to be offering respite care or they're or they're going to be helping fund this but maybe it was like hey i i didn't know this and i learned i learned something more about those with uh, with disabilities and things like that is it, uh, is it a good time for me to ask a question that didn't? Yeah, go that, for it. Uh, We didn't yeah, get it. Yeah, let's to? sprinkle
0: them in wherever yeah. they, they can. I think
1: this one's kind of a little relevant to what where we're at at the moment. Um, this one comes from Nashville, Tim. And Tim asked um, Words are powerful and can be damaging. What are some common words or phrases that can be offensive within mm. um, this community? Ouch. Yeah. Um, I you? thought it was a really good question. i was sad that I didn't see it in time to get it in the, into the panel because I, I think it's such a relevant thing. And a lot of us don't know what the right words are or may or may not be. I would say that like
0: growing up, most of the playground words that you used to call kids <laughs> that were meant to be hurtful, those all apply uh, today, <laughs> basically right. today in, in many ways. And in our community, speaking of just us, is, the, um, is retarded. The R word, and that's uh, there's been national campaigns done by the Down Syndrome Association, NADS, the National Association of Down Syndrome, and that's just a that's um, that's just a, a no no in our community. And and just speaking specifically, which Down Syndrome is a small er community. If you're talking about things like autism and and spectrum autism and things of that nature, but it's not Downs ever. Ever, it's never ever ever, ever Downs. Ever. Well, Does your daughter have Downs? I don't know what that is. the The doctor that or, that or, discovered it was Doctor Down, and it is a syndrome. So don't bring the S into the Down. It is Down syndrome. Downs is um. No, oh, you a just saw me suddenly, So yeah, so Down syndrome, no S on. No,
1: no, yeah. Well, yeah. So doctor Down. Yeah. I learned there you something
0: go. Today. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't know how many people that that just that maybe maybe it's us. Uh, no, I doubt actually, it. I think it,
1: I think it's infuriating when you know something and it's just not said the right way. It's like, you know, somebody calling me Wetmores. mores. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's wet more.
3: <laughs> yeah. I would say to speak to that. Okay. So we're speaking specifically to Down syndrome because that's, that's where we're, that's yeah. our journey. That's where we're at. Yes. Downs, Downs is very derogatory hmm. and not just to Randy and I, but in the community yeah. it is, um, but also I want to speak to the the whole community as a whole. It's people first language. Mm-hmm. So when you're addressing somebody with a disability, it's not, oh, I know a person in a wheelchair. I know mm-hmm. Carla. She's in a wheelchair, right? Emily has Down syndrome. She's not a Down syndrome child.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: She's not someone with Down. She has Down syndrome, but... The syndrome does not define her. Right. It's a, uh,
0: or you hear, or
3: autistic or uh, autistic, right?
0: Oh, she's Downs, and it's like, what is that? No, or <laughs> oh, he's
3: autistic, or he has, you know, yeah. he has autism, or so you're talking and you're labeling the person as a person, and then whatever disability that they have.
1: It's Be- actually, one of the things that I thought was kind of neat about Whole Life in general when I arrived is that they've kind of gone with that people-first philosophy yeah. with our within the church. So it's mm-hmm. not Dr. So-and-so. Yeah. It's so-and-so who is a doctor. And it's not Pastor Ken. It's Ken, who is the senior pastor at whole. Right. It, and so it's that people-first idea that we're a human being first mm-hmm. and we're not defined by the labels that often will be put in front of people's names that either give them status or take away status in life. So right. I, I like that. And I think that's a good reminder because I think I, I can speak for myself. I have a hard time remembering to do that. I'll often sure. put something in front of the.
3: Of yeah, the, it's know. easy. I mean, I think it's just our culture. And so this is about bringing awareness.
1: Hey, Carla, I wonder about you. Are there any phrases or words within the mobi- those who don't have mobility that that are like frowned upon or is there a better way? To say, and some people will be like, Oh, what's the big deal about saying that? Well, my thing is, if it, if it offends somebody, why would you want to say it? Why would, yeah. I mean, even if you don't think it's a big deal, if it's a big deal to them, why wouldn't you? Why don't you just want to you do know, it the right way? Do it the way that, that makes them feel good. Yeah. So, is there anything in your community that, that should be thought about?
2: I think sometimes when people call you crippled mm. or yeah. crip, mm-hmm. um, I haven't had that ever happen, um, but I know people who I follow have had that happen. They don't appreciate it. So that would be one. Um, but another thing to your question, and I think it's not completely related, mm-hmm. but I think that talking about people's first language, I've had people in elevator rides, which is like, oh, no. what, a 10, 20 second ride before they even ask me my name, they'll say, hey, why are you in a wheelchair? Oh, oh yeah. And so that's something where you have to realize that When you ask a question about someone's child or about someone's disability, you are potentially entering the most fragile area of this person's life. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of discussed this on Sabbath with one of the questions. But when you're asking somebody a question, you need to check yourself as to why you're asking. Mm -hmm. Is it because you're just curious and you just want to know? Or is it because you truly care about that person and you want to help them? And I think that is so important when you go into starting conversations with people about how do I start a conversation with this person is um, you have to be ready to follow up with what they say. And I think that is super important. So it's
3: a little spin-off of what
1: you're yeah. saying, no, but what's good. appropriate and what's not. That- yeah, that's super that's super good. That's, so what's I, the,
3: I, can I play off of that Yeah, go for, too? It. Go for it. I'm going to take it a little bit farther if that's okay. Um, I have people will come up to me in the grocery store or when we first had Emily, even now, and we'll say, you're so blessed. God chose you to have Emily. Yeah. And the list goes on and on. Or, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, so again, that sensitivity and just being aware of what you're actually coming into. So we do need to be careful and not make assumptions about the situation. And that can apply to anything, but it's very delicate in the disabled uh, community.
1: And, and, you know, probably, probably from that person's standpoint, they're meaning well with what they're trying to say. They just don't, I'm sure that, it, I'm sure it doesn't feel like a blessing every day right. To to have to go through the things. At the same time, it's not like you're you're wishing that away either but it, it but that's a that would be a pretty um yeah that'd be and sometime, a pretty
3: and sometimes it's it, when it's prefaced with i have a grandchild that has down syndrome or my child or you see them with their child and they'll come up to you that it's it's different because yeah. you're like oh you're you on this it. you get it right so you know that where they're coming from and i'm sure the same thing would be can be said of any situation
0: but that's even true of people that may have the same diagnosis. Like in our community, it's not a secret that Emily has Down syndrome because typically people with Down syndrome, it's very easy to see that they – um, recognizable. They're right, that they have Down syndrome and everyone knows what that looks like. But you can also – even if you're in the community, you can easily – offend somebody else who's not in the same place in the journey that you're at, mm-hmm. that I don't want to mm-hmm. be, you know, we, um, I had a client once who had a, had seen pictures of Emily on my wall at my desk, uh, every time he came to see me and then, uh, him and his wife were pregnant and all of a sudden, I don't see this person for like ever. They don't do their, they're not doing their checkups. They're not doing all the stuff they're supposed to do. And it's like, we, we ended up going to an event together and this person was uh, also a doctor. So I'm sure that didn't help, but very, very upset, bitter. I don't want to be part of this club. Devastated. I didn't sign up for any of this. And so, you know, you have to be very careful. And then over time, As, you know, they they watch, but at the same time they were watching and seeing and then later on it was like, oh, this, you know, yeah, maybe I didn't want to be part of the club. But now that I also see there's the real uniqueness and the love that people with Down syndrome generally share at will with you, it becomes better. But it's just also, you know, like we don't even know sometimes – Tread lightly, and just the look in your eyes, the intent. I think it was on the panel. And if you missed, mm-hmm. if you didn't see the message yet, please go back and look. There was a lot of good questions that we're not going to ask today, and a lot of good responses. We had some uh, professionals, um, Eddie Martinez, we, and then who? Is, um, Angela Sampson. Angela Sampson. They had some really good points from people that live in it every single day. Yeah. And they're not living the journey themselves, but they live with all the families and try to help them through. So please don't miss that part of the, of the message as well that was uh, uh, the panel discussion.
1: I think uh, one of the other offensive things that we ought to probably highlight that kind of goes along with the inclusion talk uh, that we were talking about a little bit earlier is, is the assumption of what somebody can't do. Ooh
0: yeah, right. Yes. Yep. That, that's there's I think there's
1: probably that happens yep. an awful lot in in yep. all the the communities that that have um, disabilities. Mm-hmm. Is that when I was a summer camp director, we ran a camp for the blind. It was one of the things that we tried to drill home to our our team was don't assume that the, that that the that the people cannot do things for themselves or that you know you kind of come into some kind of paternalistic. Oh, here, you know, right. um, is that something that...
3: Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
3: Absolutely. I suppose, And I think that's something we're going to be addressing, I think, and working on so that we're not making those assumptions of what somebody can't do, but that they can do things, you know.
0: Very smart people don't know what they don't know. Yeah. People in the medical community yeah. when Emily was born almost 12 years ago have been wrong on... About, Every single thing about, about Emily. of what they told us to expect. Within hours of her birth, have not come to fruition. Have are largely based in antiquated medicine. Um, things that you know, the same people that would tell you just send them to a home. You don't. You don't need to take them home with you. And people, people literally look at you if you say that. Like, oh, that, that people, they don't. They don't say that anymore. Hmm. And it's like, yeah, they do. We 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 lived through it, and so it's it's you you think it's not a big problem until you just like you like we've said over and over you don't know what you don't know so even if and on our part i think there's also what's the word i want to use there's, there's a there's a part that we play to be responsible and to be kind even when sometimes we don't want to be because if i also feel like if you are just going to snap or you're going to rip somebody's face off for using the wrong word or the terminology then all you've done is taken someone who is probably not pro you anyway, or pro your family, or person that has the that has the disability, and now you've just pushed them even farther off. Going, see, I knew I didn't like those people. They weren't, they, <laughs> they were you know, they weren't nice to me, and I was just trying to ask a question, and they just totally lost it. But if we do that,
1: also give us grace.
3: We do play a part because we have yeah. to advocate, right? And so we have the to advocate advocacy. with love.
1: Yeah, I think I think that probably one of the things that you know, that we all need to think about in general is we don't know what, what's happening in any given person's mm-hmm. day on any mm-hmm. given day. Right. Yep. I mean, you, it's easy to see somebody getting snap, you know, snapping and whatever else, and just say all that, just quickly label them as a rude person yeah, for sure. instead of saying, Hey, maybe it's been a pretty rough week. Maybe there's been a lot going on in their life. I'm not aware of. And, and that's one of the things I think especially comes is true in the life of people who have disabilities and their families is that there's a lot going on underneath the surface that, that we're, you know, yes. from the outside looking yes. in, have no idea about, you know, that, mm-hmm. um you know, that the, you know, what happened before church began, what happened when church began, you know, I, I can, church.
0: <laughs> you know, I can,
1: as a, as a parent, I, I can tell you that there's been Um, As a pastor, there's been some Sabbaths where somebody said something really hurtful to my child and I had to get up and preach 10 minutes later. Mm. And it is, for me, ridiculously hard to kind of pull myself together, try to be a professional, do my job. When I just know that my child just got hurt and I want to go find somebody. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and, or worse yet, they're, you know, they're sitting there and you you can see them, see them. And you're, <laughs> yeah. you're, you know, then your sermon takes on a whole new meaning. <laughs> but, um, you know, so is
3: that the weeks when you just that's, that's
1: when I look at you very directly, v- just so no, you know, now. and
3: then you say you say, "God, please speak through me, <laughs> my words may not be my words <laughs> that's why I say
1: that that's why I say that every week actually because that's <laughs> but yeah, but no, in all seriousness, I mean it's it's you know it's one of the joys of having your children growing up a little bit too is that they're they're a little bit more on their own. This is probably more of an issue when they were smaller and, and right and whatnot, yeah. but I just go to that and I just think about what you know, what a lot of people go through during their week and we don't, we just have no idea. And that's, that's across the board whether for people, um, no matter where you're coming from in life, there's right. often a lot of things, you know, you can even look at, um, you can look at people that you think are are pretty wealthy and well off and you think well, what do they have to worry about and you don't know right. you don't know that the, the, that they're actually way in debt and they yeah. don't know how they're going to get out of yeah. this that or another and and so i think we all would probably do well just to continue doing what whole life talks about doing and yep. sh- showing grace and and saying Absolutely. hey if somebody gets snappy with me i'll choose to not be taking it personally That's and well. i'll try to love that person
3: yeah. yeah, I agree. I do want to oh, say um, not to, to say what you're saying is wrong, but I say if you take that and you take that to every person and then you think about a family that has a child with a disability or even an individual living with some sort of disability and you think of somebody's having a hard time, say, financially, if you apply that to a family that has a special need child or working living with a disability, it's probably three times as worse. That they're living on a daily basis because they have three times as much more things to deal with.
1: No, I can I can totally mm-hmm. understand that. I think that's a good add on to what what we're saying. I mean, mm-hmm. there are there are levels of difficulty in life. Yeah. And yeah.
0: yeah. Well, yeah. and someone asked, you know, if we were just uh, at, it caught me in the hall in between first and second this past week, and you know, kind of asked a question that, you know, is it just about people with diagnoses? that we know about, like Emily or like with Carla being up on stage, being, you know, right there, it's it's um, obviously she's in a wheelchair. Emily has Down syndrome. We can recognize that. And I, I think part of it and something that we've talked a lot about in within the committee that meets together is that we know families personally that don't come to church because they don't feel it's a safe place. And those are people that we know that already have diagnosis for their for their loved ones, and how many kids we also know there's a lot of kids that don't have a diagnosis so if we change the culture, I think that's part and I don't know if we got to that or if we had enough time to get to that in the church service, but there are so many people in our midst that if we change the culture to to this inclusion that will help people that we know about, think of all the people that were that were all of a sudden helping that we would have never known ever. That we were helping or knew how to help, but we're probably catching a lot of the things that will also help them. And I I hope that Mm -hmm. that brings them the comfort and peace and knows that their church community, their church family loves them. And that, you know, if it's ever a time when that diagnosis comes, that we're all here to to stand by and uh, and be a part of your life and your journey. And so. I thought it was a really good question. It's one that's not easy to ask when you're asking the dad of the girl who couldn't who couldn't pull prayer off uh, in first service, but nailed it in second service. <laughs> you know what? In my so. mind, she pulled it off in both services. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, it
1: and I think it was to me. I know that we we had staff mo- uh, meeting this morning, and somebody said that that particular part of the service is the part that just hit them. The most that was where God really touched them the most was was watching Emily do do the prayer and um, it it was very meaningful and to me it is it is what church should be you know that church is an opportunity for all of us to engage and be a part of and uh, I thought it was beautiful I thought it was beautiful both services
0: yeah. I mean, it was a victory, but it was also there's a silver lining and then there's always the underlying. After first service, it was really tough on Ellie to help her through it because mm-hmm. she was embarrassed. Yeah. And she was like, and she said to disappointed me,
3: disappointed in herself as well.
0: Yeah. And I said, kind of, he, I said, what do you, what do you, and she was, she was upset. She was crying on my shoulder when she came down. And so we were kind of thinking like maybe we wouldn't have her try for second service and, and see. And I said, sweetie, I said, all you did was show people how to love and be patient with Emily when she knows she can do it and she's done it. She practiced it and some she just needs someone there sometimes to either speak the words or as in the next one, okay, now I know someone's going to be there and they're going to walk me through it. I can do it this time with just even a little less help. And so I thought, um, it was a unique opportunity that people could see that Ellie could, um, Some people also saw that and asked if Ellie was okay. And um, she was once she had a chance to look at it. But those are the things where you, if you put yourself out there, you, we, we tend to think that, well, God's going to, you know, God's going to bless you and not that he doesn't. But sometimes it doesn't come in the way you think. And it's not always, uh, it's not always sunshine and roses either.
1: Well, I hope you let Ellie know she did a fantastic job. She She did. did. We did. Yeah. Emily is very fortunate to have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have, yeah, she have Ellie for an older sister. She's she is a phenomenal human being, and vice versa. Ellie knows yep, she's pretty. Absolutely. She knows she's pretty mm-hmm. lucky to have
0: a sister yep. who just wants to love, love her. on her absolutely. all the time. So I actually asked one or two questions and you guys have like just picked them off my list one at a time. So <laughs> you've been doing a great job. Okay, Do you have any more that uh, came through?
1: You know, I was looking through the list and uh, that, uh, I've actually think covered all the ones that came in that, that weren't covered by the panel.
0: That weren't by the panel. Yeah. Okay, Because I checked uh, both Facebook and Chat Roll, just checking you guys because, you know, we've missed some in the past. The, there was only one and I think we asked it, but I just wanted to just wanted to hit on it real quick. And uh, the question was, for 30 years, we've been doing our vision and mission. Why does the church care about disabilities now? And this one just really just got me going. I was on the front row and I'm just like, no, no, I've got the answer. I've got the answer. Like, Ooh, pick me. I'm like, no, don't raise your hand. No, don't walk up onto the stage. We already have panel people in place. This is not your time. Sit down. And I thought that, you know, there's a couple of reasons. And I just wanted to point them out because, again, you don't know what you don't know. But people with disabilities have been hidden in the background for so long. And as a as a general rule, this isn't obviously not across the board, but as a general rule, people with disabilities don't come to church. Their families don't bring them to church. It's too difficult. There, there's a million reasons why. Um, there is everything from unsafe churches, which we've been a part of in the past, where it just wasn't a safe place for Emily. Uh, nobody enjoys getting dirty looks when they go to church because your child has a disability. You know, if we don't stand for the least of these, I just the first thought that came in my mind was Matthew twenty-five, and I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me, and that broke my heart mm. um, from from the get-go. And when you just when you when you attend a church that doesn't. And, and whole life has done so much for our family. The first weekend that we dropped her off, I mean, when the first day we went to VBS years ago, six years ago, July will be six years, I think. And Ellie got in the car and she's like, she was crying a little bit. And I'm like, what's, what's the matter? And she's like, Dad, they were so nice to Emily. You cannot believe it. They were just championing her and people were coming up and helping. And just like it was the coolest. She just thought it was the coolest thing, but it, it really tug, tugged in her heartstrings because that hadn't been. Our 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 journey with church, and so when you just, um, when and that, you, that's that's the
3: case with a lot of people, yeah. And I think that's why we're, we we want to do this.
1: And I think, and but I think that kind of going into, I I took that question a little bit differently than than you would, as I naturally would, sure, because I'm sure. coming from a very different place than you are. I, for me, that was kind of the spirit of what the person was saying: is like, "Hey, aren't we doing a good job loving people? Haven't we? Aren't we? Okay, isn't mm-hmm. that isn't having doing that? And why are we? Is there something I don't know about that's going on here? Where that's kind of right. the way I read it was like: okay. is are we like? Is there something going on that I wasn't aware of? Because I thought we were doing a pretty good job at that. And what I would say um, on that one is. I think whole life is doing a good job in a lot of ways with, I think, and I think that with certain disabilities, we do better than with other ones, sure. um, you know, and, and I think um, a lot of times in church, um, it will also have to do with how well you 're known for instance if if you have a, a strong friend group inside the church and you have you have a, a disability or someone that you love has a disability, oftentimes that friend group will really rally around that that person or that group and just kind of come around and surround and, and really be there. But the question is what's happening for the person who walks in off the mm-hmm. street who doesn't have a yeah. friend group to mm-hmm. start off with? Mm-hmm. Do they have that? And I think that you you kind of mentioned that when you came in that there was a good reception to to that. But at the same time, you have shared things with me that would be helpful mm-hmm. if we did a little bit better than we're doing right now. And right. that's I think the point of what where what we're trying to go with this is it's not that whole life has is not oh, a loving yeah. place not a grace filled place not a, not a it's how can we take what we're doing to the next level and part of that is making sure that all of our church members have a certain level of awareness about what's going on in the world when it mm-hmm. comes to this particular topic it's like the week before when we talked about the black experience in in Adventist churches through the years, I have had very very well educated, very very smart people come up to me and say, "I had no idea. Oh, I, head, yeah. I had no idea that 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 was something I knew nothing about." And I'd like to think that if people were were paying attention in church this last Sabbath, they would say that they, they, mm-hmm. they're saying the same thing. I had no idea. I didn't. Sure. I didn't really know that. I didn't really understand this. And that's really what. Part of what we're about as a Christian faith is about is is making people aware of the areas we're suffering and pain are being multiplied because of a lack of awareness and not because anybody's trying to necessarily be mean sometimes, but because there's just a lack of awareness. Mm -hmm. And so when I heard that question, I thought it was coming from a a super good place of just, Hey, were we not doing a good job? I thought, I thought we were. And, and I, I kind of wanted to tell that person, yeah, you know what? I mean, whole life is, is in my mind, light years ahead of a lot of Christian churches out there. But being light years ahead doesn't mean that you're still fully there. It means that we keep working and trying to improve and just be the best church that we can. And I suspect, you know, whenever I wind up retiring or whatever, I suspect there's going to be a lot of work left to do still in this area because it's just always a growing experience. There's just always one thing more that you can do a little bit better. Um, try a little bit more, and and that's that's good. It's it's good to keep trying. It's good to be aware that we can always be improving. So thirty six years is all you have left to go. It's true. I'm almost to a year, aren't I? That's it. It's <laughs> getting, <laughs> you're, uh, I, I am. I am. I am getting so close. It's cruising so. into thirty six.
0: No, and I didn't. I didn't take the question totally as a as a negative, but I also think that if you've been like if this has been your church experience for your entire life. You live – it's like living in America and not realizing how good you have it. Oh, I see what, what you're saying. I mean, so what, you're, if, yeah. what, if, what if you're – like if you grew up in, in Midwest, like in Wisconsin, we – Heather and I, when we got married, we lived in Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay is the largest uh, church in the area, and you drive, what, 35, 40 minutes to Fox Valley? Yeah. If you want to go to the next – to another church, which is a tenth of the size, yeah. eighth of the size. If you go north, you'd have to go to 20 churches, which there aren't, in order to be the same size church, or you travel to Madison, two and a half hours away. So if you're stuck in a church where a lot of people like would never wouldn't find the kind of church you're in because it doesn't exist and there's not another one closer, we live in Orlando. It's we're we're spoiled number one because we're at Whole Life Church. Number two, there are other churches that you can attempt to go to and find that community. So. Um, but yeah, I see what you're saying, too. Yeah, and I think it goes a, both ways. Yeah, I think
1: that's a good point, Randy, though. I mean, I, I do think that part of what we try to do at Whole Life is educate sure, out, absolutely. outside of our walls, right? Because yeah, yeah. we're a church without walls. Yes. And so, you know, we have literally hundreds of people that that tune in to our church services from L- literally all <laughs> over the world. And, and, uh, and, and then you have the people in house. And so for me, it's like this twofold thing. The people who, who may not attend our church and have this experience. I'm glad for them to know that there is a church that cares and is doing things. And there, there are actually more than a few churches that are doing this, but sure. but I'm glad for them to know that. And then I'm also glad for us as we have our church members, um, you know, life happens, people move different places, and mm-hmm. I'm happy to be able to send out missionaries to enrich and make other places better. And I, right. I, I consider myself a little bit of a missionary in this one, too, because... It was my experience up at Madison Campus Church that when mm-hmm. when I showed up here and you came and talked to me, I was mm-hmm. ready. I was like, Oh yeah. Right. We we had <laughs> I had a you family I had a family there. We started doing something like this up there and this is a need. And I'm glad you're talking to me about this. And so, you know, it prepared me so so I'm hoping that as we do things here, it prepares other people as they may wind up in other places to go. Hey, I could start a No Barriers Committee at the next church mm-hmm. I show up, and I can go ahead and be an advocate for that person, uh, for that parent that I see struggling, or that that human being that I see struggling as they're trying to to attend church and find a place of belonging. So absolutely, um, absolutely, I think that's important. I can just tell you. I mean the closest I've come is having two small children under the age of three at one time and and preaching and um, being on the road with Rochelle because I was a conference uh, communication director at the time. And Rochelle would walk into, and they, people literally thought she was a, a single mom bringing her kids to church because I'd usually make a beeline in, find who I was supposed to, yeah, and right. she would slowly come along with the other kids. And, and I can tell you time after time the, the, that there were churches that we never wanted to go back to again because of the way they treated <laughs> yeah, our true, kids and our my wife and then there are other churches I remember one church where the pastor met us in the in the parking lot when we pulled up and so I know you got little kids. Here's some people that are gonna come kind of come around you and help you today, because I can only imagine how hard it must be for you in a new wow. church. And I was like, wow. Oh wow. And, and I like great. I aspire to be you, Craig, if yes. you're listening to video. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I wanna give
0: everyone just a chance to, you know, say Anything that didn't come out in the panel, we haven't talked about uh, today in the podcast as we start to wrap it up. And for me, it's just, I hope that if there is someone listening that it can watch our church online, if you're not local, know that what we're trying to do. I mean, there's, it's tough to do it, I guess, through the internet, but that's the heart of who you see and what you see of whole life church is, is what we're trying to do. And I hope that makes it through the, the interweb somehow. And it welcomes you to know that we don't care who you are. We would just love for you to be a part of our family. And if you are local and you have, you know, a family member or yourself that has some kind of barrier that we would love to have you come to Whole Life Church and be a part of our church family. And uh, we'd love to meet you and um, just would would love to shake your hand, come and see us. And we are working to be uh, better all the time. And, and I think, like Ken said, we already do a great job. We feel loved and we just want to pass that on to as many as possible. Heather, let's go around the table. Anything else? It's okay to say no if there's not.
3: Well, I think you've really covered it you know, I feel the same way. I just want people to know that you have a place at Whole Life Church and there are people here that may be on the same journey as you and we may not have everything right now, but we're working towards it because we care about you and your family. That's the message that I want to get across. That's my heart. That's why I'm involved in this because I I've experienced things that I don't want people to experience and I want them to know that there's somebody there that understands and cares and will just listen and do whatever we can to invite you into relationship with Jesus.
1: Okay? You guys uh I just I want to say thank <laughs> you um to to the No Barriers committee, Heather to you as the leader of that. I just really appreciate What's happening? I'm excited about how we can improve and grow, um, and I appreciate um, I appreciate the fact that you trusted me enough as a new pastor to come up and say, "Hey, Ken, I'm I've got a I've got a burden on my heart," and so I'm I'm grateful. I hope others will feel the same mm-hmm. if they're listening to this. If there's something that's a burden on your heart, it may have to be, do with disability or nothing to do with disability, but I hope you feel. Uh, safe being able to do that. And I especially appreciate that you not only did you feel a burden, but you were willing to do something about that burden and you were willing to, to jump in and, and, and work on that. So I really appreciate that. Carla?
2: Um, I, Yeah, I did the same thing to you. Thank you to Randy and Heather for having the courage to say something because I think that that's where it starts. Is somebody has to have the mm-hmm. courage to do that because whether we like it or not, there is shame with in the in society around disabilities. So I want to thank you guys and thank you to everyone else who is on the committee because I think yes. it is something that is very important. So,
0: so Joe, it's, it's the committee and Melinda and uh, Susan and Olga and Olga and. Olga and well, I Ken, Ken can. has been with us multiple times, and mm-hmm. just to make sure that everyone's uh, not just running off the tracks, wild, crazy things like that. <laughs> you <laughs> know, <laughs> I
1: show up to let you know I care. That's <laughs> I mean.
0: And who else? Don't please don't um, let me forget anybody because that's everything. Andorlin and or and, and 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 Justice, justice Ministry yep. Pastor. Mm-hmm.
3: Everybody, it takes all of us. You know, yeah. it, it's everybody pouring their heart into it. Everybody bringing their skill, their experience to the team that makes it a really amazing team. Yeah. And we actually have I've had people come up to me and say I want to be a part of this. So
0: yeah, that's, that's pretty really awesome. Cool. You know, we had a couple of comments that uh, that came through that uh, and uh, Alicia said, I just have to say that this is why I'm a part of this church. I'm an occupational therapist and this area is so important to me. No other church I've been to have had this discussion. This is so unbelievably special and needed. Thank you. And when you see things like that, when you feel like you're touching someone's heart, and um, and and people that just you know, uh, Tammy said it's not about getting to, it's not about doing stuff for them. It's getting to know them. And when people are resonating with what you're saying, and their their thoughts that come out uh, during the service just just show that, and then it just makes you feel like you're you're just. On the right path, and what God has put on your heart is true. And even though it was a rough, rough week leading up to <laughs> to this to to uh, last Saturday, it was just a lot, a lot of prayers and a lot of tears. And but through it all, it went really, really well. And so many people just shared with us, and it was just it was amazing. So, if you have anything else to add, obviously we would love to to hear from you. We didn't have any takeaways this week, but you can always reach out 407-965-1607 text or email, and that is an if you'd like to be, and podcast at wholelife.church if you are find it easier if you find it easier to email and then our final thoughts this one I laughed and uh, it made it just made my heart feel good that Carla just took Car- uh, Ken's usual the kWP the Ken Wetmore paraphrase <laughs> and made the CMP <laughs> the Carla the Monet paraphrase she said some of us are paralyzed, autistic, developmentally de- delayed dyslexic, have CP or ADHD, but we all have a part to play in the body of Christ. And I was just, that uh, the way it was worded was, I heard a lot of amens uh, throughout the day, uh, but especially there, and that was a fun way to end it today as well, just that realization. So next week, Ken is finally, we're, we're taking the baton out of his hand because he wouldn't let it go just by himself. He wants to be worship host every week now. Every week. Every week. But every we're we're going to make him go back to preaching because <laughs> Carla said uh, 10 minutes was enough. For me, she's more I than enough. More
1: than <laughs> <It was laughs> outstanding. I thought I was, I was ready to be no. saying, She I'll be is amazing.
0: I'll be she worships every week
1: and she can uh, <laughs> preach every week. That'll work
0: out. No, they, they, you're uncomfortable sitting here even thinking about the idea. Like like I would have to <laughs> preach more. <laughs> you say
2: that now, a couple of weeks, so you probably won't be saying that. So no. Do one at a time, huh? No, but,
0: no you know, it was it, everything turned out amazing. So, new series. And did I hear 11 parts?
1: Eleven part for the Ten Commandments. Woo! Yes, I do know that there are only Ten Commandments, but we're, so, but we're uh, this next week we're actually doing a, like an intro to it. That's oh, gotcha. uh, it's um and the the Ten Commandments series is called uh, Love at Work.
0: Arise rise
1: to love at work, which is a little acronym for I got you right, like right there. Yeah, I was with you. There's a there's a lot of blank looks. I know in church. I'm just saying.
3: I got it. I got it. Okay.
1: All right. Well, anyway, maybe maybe it's just like and move on, Ken. Yeah. But anyway, so but yeah, we're going to be doing that, and next week we're starting off with the very first part of of the Ten Commandments. And a lot of times we leave this off, but but God actually prefaces it before he begins he says i am the god that brought you out of egypt and then he gives the 10 commandments and so what i want to kind of uh, touch on is why god would start off the 10 commandments by saying that and and what the significance of the 10 commandments are the whole point of and then i'll just give you the you know so you don't you know you can just show up to church or not but the quick the quick thing i want people to know is the law is not about uh, a loss of freedom it's about a gaining of freedom mm-hmm. right. and so that's, that's right. why we're going what we're going to be talking about
0: all right well one final thing um we didn't say it here although we many people have said it uh, this past week the worship group oh I'll, uh, albert and company. kelsey stevie Kel- thank you kelsey stevie and oh uh, who was like playing that. the keys who played the keys this week oh um moises uh, did the keys this week, and that was uh, that was good.
1: So the music was out. The music was
0: fabulous, and they did a fantastic job. And so we just want them to know that as well. And that's it. So new series. Oh, I know what I forgot to say. Uh, read your notes, Randy. Uh, Carla had mentioned that we did a. Series, I think it was nine parts on love and she referenced it in her message. And so for any of y'all that maybe didn't catch that part of the podcast, maybe you're new, I have heard from a couple of you recently who just found the podcast. If you swipe up in today's show notes or whatever player you're on, if you go to the show notes, there will be a link to a collection. All nine of those are in one collection. So you don't have to click out. You don't have to lose your place. You don't have to try to find the next episode. They're all in one collection. It'll come up on your phone and you can listen to all nine of those that we did oh that was a couple months ago we finished those up but that was a fantastic series so just because love is what we have to start with according to Carla and I happen to agree and according to Ken so I'll double agree Heather's shaking Typically. her head so level triple agree we are yep, all in yep. agreement it, <laughs> is, it is carried do I have a second we don't need one that is going to do it for this week thanks for listening everyone and have a great week